take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hi there, welcome to episode 9, it's 9 now of the Life and Red podcast, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to welcome my good friend, Damien Records, Mr. D. <laughs> episode 9 already? Episode 9, and it's like... This is my fifth week, I think. Yeah. I've been hitting it hard. You have been. Hard. I love the passion you're putting behind this, Rye. It, 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 you could tell in all the episodes that you're having a really, really good time. I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. Thank, yeah, and thank you for coming on because ah. uh, you're an interesting cat. Oh, I thanks. Find. <laughs> um, underrated, in my opinion, in Aww. certain areas. Oh, so, um, you. you know, you have been an announcer for, I don't want to say years because I don't want to make you feel old. But you've been, it's okay. You could say 20. Yeah, you've been on the radio for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a journey, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking frequent flyer miles. <laughs> I have a lot of those, too. Um, not only are you an announcer, but you've also been a music programmer for mm-hmm. a, a majority. Is that fair to say? Um, in my career, about half of my career. Radio-wise, I've done music programming, so just under just under half. Uh, working as a music director solely in one station and helping in other departments and others. Yeah. So for those who don't know, because not everyone is in tr- in terms of, you know, in the know of Radio Lingo mm-hmm. and uh, Radio Land like we are as professionals. Um, Quote-unquote professionals. <laughs> explain in broad terms to some of the people who might not know what a music programmer or music director is. Long story short, um... Uh, music director is the pretty much the person, with the exception of their boss, the program director who's ahead of them, uh, who would essentially choose which music gets onto a radio station. Uh, music directors and program directors, and sometimes uh, their announcers would usually meet about once a week. And you would go, go through a bunch of records which are put out via record companies Nowadays, you got to look at stuff that's gone viral, streaming, mm. Apple Music, Spotify, whatnot, and see if it's the right fit for your station um, and how many times a week you want to play it um, and, uh, and you know, what gets moved up, what gets moved over, what gets moved out. Those are all the factors in a nutshell that really that – really, uh, uh, a music director really does. Yeah. And you so you mentioned like, you know, what moves up, what moves down, what moves out. And what I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, when it comes to the music of a radio station one, it's not just the announcer who just sits in there and decides what they want to play. No. That's that's a biggie that people are like, oh, had no clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, that there's a real science to it. Um, Absolutely. That a lot of people don't seem to understand. They think you can just play whatever kind of, oh, yeah, just play the new I don't know, yeah, Rihanna track or something. You know what I mean? It's like there, there is much more than, you know, just being like, oh, that maybe is a good song, but there's D- a recipe. DJs can, DJs can relate to this. And, uh, uh, you know, if uh, someone requests a song or, or, oh, it's on YouTube, I can't just rip a record from YouTube yeah. and play it on the radio. <laughs> or when I was in my club days, it's the ones who hold up their phone to the DJ, get out this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the ones who say, "Here, I could here. You can play this off my iPod." It's like it doesn't work like that. No, sorry, DJ YouTube. 
doesn't quite work that way. Um, so the world that you and I work in is top 40 or what they call CHR, or Contemporary Hit Radio. So in that world of top 40, yeah, you, you spin the biggest and the best of the current records that are out there. Some of the ones that are big from, you know, from within the year, maybe a little over a year. So a few really good ones from back of the day. Um, but the fact of the matter is, in the world that we live in now, like, for example, you're listening to a podcast right now. And whether we go an hour or half an hour or 15 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever, uh, it's a grab your attention now kind of world. So... For example, if uh, you're in the car on the way to work and it's uh, 7.30 in the morning and you want to hear your favorite song and you don't get that favorite mm -hmm. song right away, chances are pretty good that when you drive home at 4.35 o'clock, that song that you wanted will be on because this is the way that records rotate. And there are some people who listen to the radio just for their drive to work and drive back. Some people have, pop it on the computer uh, while they're at work, have their headphones on, maybe listen a little longer. Some people do it when they're at the gym. Some people will have it at home as background noise, whatever. Everybody is different. And then you have some people who have it on radio station on because they like the station, but they have it on four or five, six hours a day. Mm. And they always say, why do you repeat the same songs every single day? Oh, that's, that's the question that we is, all get. Exactly. Well, the fact of the matter is my routine versus your routine, Rye, versus person C's routine, person D's routine, and so on, they're not the same. Um, for the most part, Ryan, you work 9 to 5 for your regular workday. I don't do 9 to 5. My workday is essentially 5 to midnight. Yeah. Um, so I come in around 5 o'clock, do my show prep, do any recording, voice commercials and whatnot, then do the on-air show. 7 o'clock to, to midnight, and sometimes they even stay later because I either got to do something recording uh, for the next day or do some emails or whatever the case may be. We may have like seven or eight-hour workdays, but they're not on the same shift. If our music tastes are similar, you might want to hear the same song. you got to do your best to uh, cater to everybody. And there is a method behind the madness, and, and for somebody who's worked in this industry for so long, I get that question at least twice it's, a week. It's, it's the, the number one the complaint of any radio person. Why do you play the same? Like, especially if you work in a current music format. Now, if you yeah. Want the, yeah. Now, if you work in a what they call a gold music format, which would be like if you're like a classic hit station or a classic rock station, um, the songs might not rotate as much, but they will still play their certain big ones x amount of times per week. Mm -hmm. And some say, well, well, why do you want to get in one of the, why don't you get into some of the deeper cuts or some of the album stuff? Well, not everybody has, just because you have that piece of vinyl or that CD in your collection, there might be somebody who likes that same artist, but they don't like it as deep as you. Give me the hits and that's that. Well, one person might appreciate an album cut. Somebody else is like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to start to another station. Yeah. So you want to hold them as long and as you And you know can. how many times, I, I always equate it to when I'm explaining it to people, it's like, you're at the bar, like... Uh, the DJ's playing. Like, what do you want to hear? You want to hear th the hits. You want to hear the stuff that you know. Give me that the you big love, record. Yeah. That you can sing at the top of your lungs or get down to. I mean, the DJ wants to give the crowd that feeling too because DJs and the people in the bar vibe off of each other. Yeah. 
if you got a packed floor and everyone's jumping, the DJ feels good. If DJ's going to give you a track that's a home run, that's a slam and whatnot, and vice versa. It, 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 it bounces back and forth. If I'm the DJ in the bar or the MC and whatnot, I'm not going to cater to that one person who wants to hear some random weird cut completely <laughs> out of left field because you know it, and it came <clears throat> out yesterday on something completely random that's not Spotify or Apple Honestly, Music. Yeah, locals, it, exactly. SoundCloud mixtape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, you and your boys, you and your five boys in the corner might absolutely go off. My dance floor is going to empty quicker than somebody having an accident on the floor. And it's the same thing for radio, man. Like, exactly. if you're not on the dance floor, but you're tuning out. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I I listen to this office when I'm in all day, I, and I hear the same songs. And you know what? If I don't like it, Whatever, but yeah. like you said, it it you have to appeal to the mass audience, not yeah. to the deep cuts. And I think, yeah, you don't want to hear the same song all the time. But well, the great thing is about now, music is more accessible no matter what. So back in the day, you you always ninety percent of the time you heard it on the radio first, and then you go out and buy your record or buy your CD or buy your vinyl and whatnot. Now we have online streaming. Now we have YouTube. Now you have all these other options. It's, everyone can control their playlist now. Uh, radio is still big, um, which is great because we're still getting paid. We're still here. Still have a job. Yeah. Um, and and there's been so many things that have, uh, you know, have been seen to threaten radio over the course of the years. You can go back, even go back to like when television launched. Mm-hmm. Um, but um everything is more accessible now so there, if there's something you're not a fan of you can find it somewhere else you can find another way to get it and uh you're good to go do you think that hurts radio in a way that like uh, my argument sometimes with people who will listen anyway is you know if i can hear what i want when i want where i want do i need to depend on somebody else to to do it for me to, I don't, to say when I need to listen to something. I hear you. Some people will say would hurt radio. Uh, I think it's actually kind of better for radio because one, it makes everybody step up their game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so your competition, like, it, you know, it's just like any other restaurant. You say you have like a restaurant that's been doing well for 25 years and you, and you catered to the neighborhood and did really, really well. Well, someone else moved in down the street. A similar cuisine, but has a couple of things that that really stand out for. And it's, it's like, you know what? Um, okay. They're taking part of my business, but they're doing something that obviously people are liking. So am I just going to sit here and just go with the old favorites, or am I, I going to spice things up a little bit? Mm-hmm. And uh, competition makes everybody better. Um, so when it comes to uh, that hurting radio, no. It actually makes radio to me like as a programmer, um, you know, when things like Shazam were just, was just starting to go, and uh, and then online streaming, you know, people were worried about Pandora like a, a while ago, like a few years back, and and, uh, and a lot of companies were like, oh, well, we oh some some people would brush it off. It's like, oh, it's nothing. It's a fad, and it's gonna go away. Uh, well, guess what? Stream services are here, and especially when you have like the big ones like Apple and Spotify and Pandora, um, everyone having the option. It's like, oh, guess what, programmers? What are these people listening to that you might not be getting from the record room? Mm. Or what's that song in that commercial everybody's seeming to go to go on about? So guess what? 
they're having they're they're signing up for subscription services and seeing what's going on because they're looking at what the people want. What oh like oh like even with Shazam, what's people listening to this market because they want to know what it is. It's like hey, this is the number three song on Shazam in this market. Okay, so it it actually has improved in my opinion the quality of the records that are out there because you're talking to your audience a little bit more. Um. And uh, it it's uh, for the most part has made the the radio programmers step up their game. I agree because uh, you see it all the time now, especially with uh, you know like you and Mike, our music director for Jump. Mm -hmm. There, sometimes I'll, I'll hear you guys say we're we're playing something that no other station in Canada or I think in some cases North America we're playing. Yeah, we were lucky um, to have a few of those. Yeah, you take ownership of it. Yeah, because which is guess huge. what? It's we're like, breaking that song almost. Absolutely, and so you know we're here in Ottawa, and it's like, why is the song all of a sudden in the span of two weeks got like twenty million streams worldwide, and nobody's playing it here? You take a listen, it's like wow. Do a little research, go a bus behind it. So we'll throw it into the we'll throw it into the mix and see how it resonates. Mm -hmm. and next thing you know, whoa, what's this? Not everybody's going to have a Spotify account. Not everybody has an Apple Music account. It's a little more common now. Especially for young people. Absolutely. Which CHR is who they target. Absolutely. I mean, chances are pretty good now if you get a mobile device with depending on your carrier, it's like, hey, we'll throw in a, a year's worth of Spotify yeah. or we'll include it in your package. Oh, great. I'm at the gym. I'm going to surf around and see what I find. Um, I think what a lot of us... People who aren't necessarily involved with music, like, yes, I'm in radio, but I'm not in the music department. I, I, I don't know what, you know, all the nitty gritties that, um, you know, you guys go through with uh, the labels and with, with artists and all that stuff. But, like, you've been around music long enough in the industry to, to know what, what's a good song. What, what do you think when you're like, this song is going to catch on, this is going to break? Like, you could be wrong, but, like, sure. you have certain... Like, how do you decipher what song is going to be big or is going to really take off? Or, like, are there certain attributes that kind of relate to those songs? It's actually kind of funny because, I, to me, there's still some things remaining in radio which you go with your gut. And a lot of the times your gut instinct does work. And the other times it's just indigestion, but that passes. <laughs> um I mean, I mean, also if it's if it's a established artist, um, chances are pretty good that yeah you'll be like, okay, this if is going to catch up. A new album, you see that all sure. nine songs are trending. That sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah. you'll have a guy like Drake who has something like that. But like um, a breakthrough artist, though, or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. It, uh, sometimes it, if it's just sometimes it's just the feeling of a song. One thing is for me, if I hear something that's brand new and I'm hearing it for the first time, and you have me either bopping my head or tapping my toe or playing with my pen on the table, you know, doing a tap, 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 in a span of like 15, 20 seconds, you've got my attention. Um, sometimes, usually, you know, you have a buildup and it gets to a point and if there's an incredible chorus or a great hook or the production's amazing. Um, there are sometimes those songs that make you go, holy crap. I'll give you a great example. So this was back in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I was working at um, my previous radio, radio station in Kitchener at the time. 
I was the music director there. I get a, a text from my label rep from a certain music company. Um, well, I'll even say the I'll even say the artist in the company it was Universal you know, Music Canada. He's like, "Hey, just so you know, we have this new Drake record coming out." I'm like, "Okay." I had been working the night before. Um, I did my on-air show, and uh, I had a Thursday night club gig. So I'm doing so. It's really, for me, I had been working from about two o'clock in the afternoon about until about two o'clock in the morning. So anyway, he had given me a heads up prior to. I'm like, okay, whatever. So anyway, I get a text from him. I'm half. I'm half asleep. So I'll make sure I'm closer to the mic because. I'm leaning back like, mm, example, like, uh, okay. Uh. So the song was Hold On, We're Going Home, mm. which is still personally one of my favorite Drake songs. Um, and that turned out to be a massive, massive song. So I actually got the email, got the link, played it on my phone. And I'm kind of in and kind of out. And it got to the point where it actually woke me out of bed and I sat up. And I'm like, wow, wow. So it, you you still can get that reaction no matter who the artist is, whether yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. established 5, 10, 20 years with a song, you're somebody I've never heard of or nobody's heard of. Every artist has the chance to do that. Every song has a chance to do yeah. that. Um, That one for me was one that really, really stood out. Was that his break? Like, that was every the- artist kind of has that break, right? That song that all of a sudden... Takes him to stardom. Um, was that was that it, or did he have some stuff before? It took him to a, it took him to a higher level. Oh yeah, he's been out since like really 2009. Like best I ever had was the, like best the I, first yeah okay yeah, yeah first like one that really gave him some success at pop. But that one with hold on, I'm going home. That one really got him to cross over from just mainstream top 40 and rhythmic top 40 to like hot adult contemporary, which is like adult top 40. So. It's it's pop without the heavy hip hop and the heavy dance. It's uh, the sophisticated. It's the sophisticated <laughs> ones. Um, but it, it it got other radio stations that would not have touched Drake Records with a ten foot pole prior to say, "Holy crap, wow!" Um, I remember I hit my buddy back from the record company you know, saying, um, "I want to jump early on this record now. Can I?" So luckily we did, and then and then we would get the. We would see which radio stations added the song its first week. So there's a station I was at in Kitchener, one other the Toronto pop ones, a couple others, and one of them was one of the adult contemporary stations in Toronto, which is one of the biggest in the country. And I'm like, whoa, if they added it, because they never touched a Drake record ever, mm-hmm. this is a big song that resonates right across the board. And they say the rest is history. So, well, but yeah, but, but now. yeah, exactly. Texting thirteen-year-olds with uh, <laughs> dating advice. Oh uh, lord! Um, that, yeah, let's not cross that line. <laughs> uh, um, it's interesting though because I think a lot of the time um, to get noticed, especially artists, really have to take chances um, and do something different, especially for that. Like I said, that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure as a music per- like director, you would get a lot of that. Like how do you, when it's not like everything else, it's like, it's totally different. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, it's just a different sound. Like, see, the funny thing is you want to stand out amongst the crowd. Absolutely. That's it, right? Out. And then most of the time, I think it, it flops a lot of the time. 
it must flop. It's funny because you know how I mentioned a little earlier it has to fit the sound of the station or the sound of the product you're working for? Yes. Yeah. So it makes it even tougher. It does. It's like think outside the box, but you still gotta be within the box. And it's like you're you're contradicting yourself. It's kinda like the battle you have to play. Yeah. Um I've said to independent artists before who have um shops music to me at the stations I've worked at. Um, if it's not the right fit for me and for the station I'm working at, it doesn't mean it's not the right fit for somebody else. Um, when it comes to a local artist in that in that artist's market, the first thing they think of is like, oh, the big radio station or stations there. And um, now I don't think it's much of a problem because you can put things out independently very, very easily. You can put a song on YouTube, no problem. You can put out a song virtually anywhere. You can make a mixtape. You can have a download, and next thing you know, it can go viral or, you know, you, you push it really well. Um, but uh, I've said to people before, I'm like, look, this song might not work for the station and us here, but it doesn't mean it won't work anywhere else. So, but, 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 I, but I, I, you try, I send it to this station and this station, this station, this station. I said, all in the city, right? Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. like, have you sent it to stations in Vancouver, stations in Ottawa, stations in so-and-so? Have you gone internationally? Have you gone a different realm? Uh, no. Why not? Everything is accessible now. That's true. We digital age. And it can, instead of just going, being a big hit locally. Absolutely. And it can like cross yeah. The ocean, yeah. they could go anywhere. Yeah. Stop thinking inside your bubble. Don't think about what your boys and your family will think as you get the airplay, if you get the airplay at one station here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know on one artist who I I said to him, you know what? I will give you a shot here because um, I like the record. You're independent. Canadian content works too. And it was a good song. But I'm also going to issue you a challenge. You're not stopping here. Uh, shop it to other radio stations here, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Make contacts with those programmers. Make contacts with those music directors. You could say, hey, we're getting X amount of play here, blah, 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 blah. But if I don't, if there is no success or you're just sitting on that record in a span of three weeks to a month, if I gave you like 10 plays a week and I gave you about 40 plays and you haven't done anything, well, Guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the next record that mm -hmm. is worthy of more spins than yours. Mm -hmm. You have to make it grow. You have to keep your grind on. You have to you have to keep the momentum going. You got one. Let's see you get two. Yeah. Let's see you get three. Let's see you get four. The great thing is, like other programmers, know. and other pr programmers talk to each other. I've had people reach out. I'm like, hey, I heard this song from this artist. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, oh, okay, well. Here's the link if you want to check it out for yourself. And next thing you know, they get added. Or they want to meet with the artist. Or especially if they're independent, you you get a record company or a distribution company. Be like, who is that? Where where can I find them? Where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. It can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was uh, I was trying to find a good example um, of someone who, like, changed the – like who kind of changed the game a little bit. You know what I mean? Like mm. a, a breakthrough – song or artist and i couldn't really think 
I mean, there was nothing contemporary that came up as I Googled. Actually, as I as I did, it came up. I was like breakthrough songs that changed the world and it was all about like world peace and like religious music okay let's go with artists but, uh, let's go with artists who are who went independent and got big before they signed well i don't know if they went independent but what i, I kind of thought that kind of changed the music game in a way was ed sheeran um mm-hmm. in a way because top 40 never really and i could be wrong just going back on my recent memory that had like i mean this was at one point this was just and even when he performs it's just a guy and a guitar yeah and he Adele. Adele's another uh, good example of someone who just did something completely different. Justin Bieber, YouTube YouTube kid. Do you think was, so? No, absolutely. The old station I worked at was in Kitchener, which is just outside of Stratford. Bieber really got discovered. Remember, uh, he linked up, you know, there were a couple of big artists who knew about Bieber's stuff from YouTube. That's how he was found, eh? it Yeah, was, yeah, uh, exactly. It was, was it Usher, Usher? Just, and Justin Timberlake. And he leaned over to Usher's side. I met Justin Bieber when he was 15 years old, came into the radio station in Kitchener. By the way, they're owned by the same company as here. Jump One was a client. It's 91.5 <laughs> to beat in Kitchener. So shout out, K-Dub. Um, came into the radio station. We were the first station to play his record. But people knew the kid before he even got signed because he was doing cover songs. Yeah. Um, Sean Mendez did that, too. Mendez was another one. And he got discovered through Seacrest and all that. But, like, I'm, like... To me, to me anyway, just as a plain person, um, their music, it, it kind of like it does. It fits in with the vibe of everything else. But when sure. you hear like Ed Sheeran, and more so now, he's a little more poppy. But like when he broke in with like with A Team, mm-hmm. with Lego House, or Adele with um, like Rolling in the Deep, or someone like you, mm-hmm. uh, like to me, like to me, like you, you didn't hear that stuff on on anything, and all of a sudden you're just like. Whoa! Completely out of left field, and then people try to imitate that. But like, yeah, I remember I couldn't. I they took could, a chance. I, on their I, art. Yeah, absolutely. I remember in Canada at one point Adele wasn't represented on the nineteen album, um, to the point where our radio station wanted to play Adele. I had to go out and buy the album because it wasn't getting any representation. That's crazy. Uh, until later and that's point. one of the biggest albums now. Yeah, exactly. The nineteen album from from back in the day. But but even um. I'll pre- I'll predate that. I'll go back into the mid '90s. Uh, the Offspring, mm. Smash, is one of the biggest independent rock albums of all time. Uh, and we're talking about songs like you know, uh, Keep Them Separated, and they're huge in the '90s. Absolutely, and they really didn't. And they didn't sign with a with a record label. They didn't sign to with a Columbia Sony until. It was 96 or 97, because when Ixnay on the Ombre came out, that's when they were signed to a major label. Um, so basically... Their I, first, their, their biggest album was their independent album. So if they're independent, really what that means is like they're doing the work themselves. Like they're, they're pushing it as, uh, as, indi- as artists without the backing of a good label, which, I mean, you can always argue is... It's much easier to have a big machine behind you. But oh, absolutely! It's because cases, they do have to work. They do like three quarters of the work for yeah, you. Yeah, but in some cases, also, just if you're just doing your own thing, and you know, you get that you get that opportunity where someone believes in it and and sure. sees the value in it. Like it can take off on its own merit, which is also kind of nice. Well, absolutely. Well, on top of that too, if you sign with a, a major label, it's like okay, so we're going to take X amount of money because we're going to do the promotional stuff, we're going to do the concert stuff through your record promoter. Blah blah blah, yada yada yada, and it's like, okay, we take all this, and here's this for you, which could still be a very good amount of money, 
but you know, the majority of that money goes, thank you very much. This yeah. covers our promo team. This covers our advertising. This covers this, that, and the other. Chance the Rapper, for example. He's indie. Still? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm bel- if he signed anything at all, it would be a distribution deal. This is why we have the internet machine uh, now pulled yeah. up in here. Yeah. Chance the <laughs> Rapper. Uh, yeah, but, but he, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like... An artist like him, you know, you know, where some, um, you know, artists will say you can't go anywhere without a big label anymore. And I think he is signed now. Uh, okay. Well, if that's I don't the case, know. So be it. It says Atlantic and Universal. Okay, Atlantic. Oh, okay. All right. So there you go. But 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 when he really started coming on out, he was indie. Well, even that, as soon as last year, it says a twenty-three-year-old. There's an article written: a twenty-three-year-old rapper refuses to sign a record deal. There you go. Case in point. Um. Because he wants to keep the money, he did all the work. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and man. and for a lot and a lot of those and a lot of those artists too. Um... He's younger than me. I'm, <laughs> I'm so unaccomplished. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, for you know those guys, for the, those guys too. I mean, they want to see their work. They want to see it thrive, and they want to reap the rewards of it. Um, you know, I I remember when um, I'll go way back a little bit. I remember when the Black Eyed Peas were were more of an underground kind of vibe before they went mainstream. And uh, and they had a, 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 a huge following when before they went mainstream. Was that before Where's the Love? Oh, yeah. I yeah. remember that. Was yeah, the... yeah, El- yeah, yeah, before before the Elephant Cow. Was that like 2004, 2005? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Much music. Yeah, there you go. On there. Yeah, exactly. That's a different company. Yeah, we're, we're talking, um, <laughs> we're, I mean, we're talking before Fergie got in. When Will and uh, Apple the Ave and those guys were, were working with a Canadian artist by the name of, of uh, Estero. Uh, never heard of him or her. Or never heard that. of Estero? No. Oh, dude. That's what I mean. I work in radio, but I am not on the music side. Well, yeah, yeah. Estero's a great artist. She was, she, she still is fantastic. What's the uh, song? Um, if you just look her up online, E-S-T-H-E-R-O. Uh, Weekend was uh, a really big song um, for her. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what happened? Look, if you have a family and you're a music artist and you're do and you get signed with a major label and whatnot, while some people would say you're selling out, the artist would say, this is your opportunity to go big, take care of your family for years to come and be like, nah, I'd be fool not to sign. Yeah. It, like that, that's the, I think the difference between being like, Maybe, maybe if you're really, if you're truly lucky, a millionaire mm-hmm. between like a multi-million-dollar brand enterprise of yourself, mm-hmm. where you've turned your own self into a corporation. I think that's the difference. Well, you know, like Jay Z would say, "I'm not a businessman. I'm a business, comma yeah. man." And I, case in point, and you could really take that into anything, not just music. You you could take that into. A radio announcer. I know Tony and I talked about that as, mm-hmm. as a brand, as as me, as just myself, like doing my job, my my speaking, this podcast. Like everybody's at, a brand. Everybody yeah. is a whether brand. whether we like it or not. Yeah. Until the system changes, this is the way it is. Exactly. And you need to find a way to monetize yourself. Absolutely. And and promote yourself. And it's great. And we should be looking to people, not not criticizing them for. It's not selling out. It's it's making it's making your brand bigger. Yeah, it's it's trying to. Would provide... you not take that opportunity? You'd be like, Nah, man, Absol- I'm good. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then next thing you know, why this person's you know got like you know a really nice house, a couple of cars, doing really really well for themselves. With well, this other person's like, Oh damn, 
wow. And then that's when a lot of the hate comes in because there's some jealousy there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's that I like I when people say, "Oh, you sold out with that," or um, when like the artist experiments with a new sound or like has an album that's different from their last album. Mm-hmm. I always I I remember always getting annoyed at people with um, and this was even before social media was huge, but with Lincoln Park because you know they started really heavy and they had their their vibe, but as they they grew older as people mm-hmm. and you know their music evolved and like, yeah, when well, perfect song. When Numb came out, it didn't just sit on the alternative rock charts. It crossed over onto pop. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Because it was relatable. It had a great hook. It's a great song. It's a great it's one song. Of my favorite songs. Absolutely. And uh, you know, and people thought they sold out because oh yeah, all the time, every new album like there's hybrid theory like yeah exactly. And again, I was even before social media was big. Well, well, heck, I the the album that they did with Jay Z. It's still one of my favorite albums great, yeah, of all time. Love those mashups. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, it's a phenomenal album. But, you know, I, some people would be like, oh, you know, you get one song. For example, like, even again, before the, the days of social media, if you heard the song on one radio station that was one artist for, for and I'm not putting everybody in their category because everybody has different tastes. I, 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 I love all kinds of music. But for somebody who is loyal to one genre of music, loyal to one radio station that played that certain genre of music, Next thing you know, it lands on the pop station. We're like, oh, what the hell are you telling out? Oh, I'll never hear these guys ever again. Okay, then. Happens um, a lot now. It, eh? um, I, I, you know what? I think it's about the same amount. As soon as it goes to pop radio, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, not everyone, but like a lot of people are like, I'm out. And you're like, why, what? why man? It's <laughs> a great song. Yeah, because the mainstream stations play it. Yeah. Yeah. I, or, I, or I'll go back. I'll go over to... And then they'll say something like, oh, I'll go back to my channel on Sirius Radio. It's just like, <laughs> you just realize what you just said. Yeah, what what people need to understand is, you know, everything if everything evolves, and if you're not evolving, you become You're obsolete. left behind. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You become that racist, crotchety asshole sitting on his porch or commenting <laughs> on Facebook. Get off my lawn! Exactly. Like, just <laughs> Trudeau, Trump, the, like, just keyboarding keyboard warriors well not even like the older generation not necessarily the younger generation of those but like yeah you we all as people whether it's it's our art it's our our music it's like it's who we are as people like we need to evolve um and grow because the world is ever changing it goes back to what you were saying like you know competition for radio and people always saying oh radio is going to die it's like it's never truly going to die but it will evolve and it will change and the current form of radio will die but it's not going to die. No, but also when it comes to like the, the, the radio medium, medium, I don't think will die. But when it comes to you know the way radio stations are looked uh, are are taken care of by the the person or persons running that station, if they are not evolving along with it, they're going to be left behind. Perfect example. Um, when so we are now in 2018. Um, when a lot of oldie stations were around a few uh, a few years back that were going, for example, 60s, 70s, 80s format, well, a, there's one thing those stations had to realize. A lot of those listeners are literally dying off. Like, they are dying because not everybody in this, in, in this year or, or in this decade or even this millennium, you know, no songs from 
actually, I'll even say like the 1990s now, 1980s, think, 1970s. I think, yeah, uh, media in general, not just radio, but is really missing an opportunity to monetize on the 90s because 90s nostalgia is huge. It's actually last year. 90s retro stations or 90s throwback stations. Retro to me is the word like 80s and back on. Throwback is early 2000s and 90s. In the US, it was last year, if memory serves me correctly, it was the number one new format that stations were either launching as or evolving to. So going back to like the 60s, 70s, and 80s things, it tells some of those programmers, we have to move up. Because we are losing that older end of the audience. So those stations whose playlists would start in the 60s would have to move up into those play- playlists that start yeah. in the 70s. Some would start in the 80s. There are a lot of stations that are going like 80s, 90s current. Or 90s, 2000s. Because if you think about it now, like cer- well, certain demos. Who's the buying demo right now? It's people who grew up in the 90s. Exactly. They're the ones spending the money. Exactly. So if they're the ones who are spending the money, it's like give them a reason to turn on the radio and make them feel good about what they grew up on oh. or what they loved from back in the you day. You cannot tell me you're driving your car and you hear like Biggie to Backstreet Boys to like Boys to Matt. Like mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, it's everywhere. Exactly. Like just singing your heart. Like, and nostalgia is such a big thing for millennials, I think, because we're, well, I, I, as a millennial, I'm sure other generations always look back on. Every generation from. looks back on the times that were. But like, absolutely. The 90s were such a crazy time. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, we saw like technology go from pretty much almost nothing to like, I mean, I think if you look back on it, 2000 to 2010 was really like the year where all of a sudden, like, it was like a steady growth and then just like technology, but the nineties really laid the foundation for that. Sure. For how we consume content, how we interact with each other, because that's when we started getting messaging and all well, of Well, yeah, that well if you go farther out. than that, the seeds were really planted way back like in the I mean, hell, the the, the making of the first computer decades and decades and decades ago and everything evolved through that time. But not but if you even look back, and I'm not even gonna go on the technology realm. If you if you look back and you hear a certain song from a certain time, uh, it will take you back to those memories that there's something that really impacted your life. Maybe it was 100%. that first girlfriend, or uh, you know the time. You know, remember you had your first car, and it was the first song you came up on the radio that came up on the radio. Yeah, first kiss, first and, kiss and then it was your buddies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, like there's, I, if I'm on air, whether on one of the two stations I currently work on, whether it's Jump 106.9 Ottawa or 104.5 Fresh Radio in Cornwall, and there's two, and, and the differences for their Jump leads, current, 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 Fresh has current, but has some great throwbacks as well, and their and their playlist would be a little bit deeper. Um, there will be certain songs that might come up within the gold or the throwback category where I'm like, I know exactly where I was. I know exactly who I was with. I know why this song makes me feel so good. I know why this song makes me feel so bad. It, yeah. every, it We all it have that emotion. emotions. Absolutely. And Absolutely. One of the great things about music is it, it transcends 
um, you know, your your color of your skin, your gender, your mm-hmm. sex, where you come from, your religion. Music is universal. Yeah. Like a good song is a good song is a good song. Mm-hmm. Everybody can love it. And it, it elicits so much emotions. And like, I think that's what art does in general is it, yeah. it, it, it if good art at least, like impacts you in an emotion. Absolutely. Like I'm one of those people who gets like the the chills when I when I hear a song or something and I my skin, my hair stands if, if up. If my hand if my hair stands up and I don't have a lot on my head, but if if it makes <laughs> that stand up or the hair on my arm stands up, it's like there's something there. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, I, I've spent forty minutes now <laughs> painting you as this music guy, but I know there's a lot more to you than that. Oh, we're taking off another uh, layer of the onion, are we? Well, I know you got a sh- <laughs> you got a show coming sure, up. You got we got work time. To We're do. good. We're good. Um, but there there are a lot of things I want like I want to touch uh, on with you. Because, All right, hit me. Not literally though. Uh, no, you're <laughs> too far away. Okay, good. Um, one of the things uh, I find, find uh, I don't want to say find interesting, but you are uh, the first person of color to be on the podcast. So I like the diversity that's coming on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to, if you're cool with that, just touch on you with a couple things. Of course. Um, one of them being, and uh, on the last episode when I was talking with Tony, he was uh, talking about a tweet that went around. Um, it went around Ottawa, uh, and the person was saying, "There's no diversity on our radio. We have no people of color." And absolutely, some people got back at that. Yeah, I mean, have you like what's your experience of that? Um, being as like a person in the media, being like a, a public personality, like have you? I don't want to say, like, don't want to talk about like outright racism, but have you found it have I more had challenging obstacles or, or whatnot? obstacles? Like, is it has it been different for for you? Because Canada's painted as this like picture of equality and diversity, and it's great, but we sure. all know that's not necessarily hundred percent true. Absolutely. Um, for me, I can say in my career as a broadcaster. In a lot of ways, I've been very, very fortunate to get in on a few opportunities that might not have come across my path, and I'm not and and I'm not saying oh because you know I am a person of color, uh, those opportunities came far from it. I had to work my ass off, and I'm very proud of the work I've done over the past twenty years of my career. Uh, I've had the opportunity to launch Canada's first urban station. Um, so that was Flow 93.5 in Toronto, which was the first hip-hop and R&B station or the urban format in the country. Um, I I think that's a huge achievement, um, and that's one I'm very, very, very proud of. I'm actually honored I had the opportunity to work at two urban stations, one in Toronto and one in Calgary. Um, and the reason why I was approached about those stations was because of the work I did, uh, on stations that when I go, when I got, when I actually got, um, was approached about going to flow, um, my, um, my old boss, um, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Gary Slate, when he was the, uh, general manager and, the, and one of the Grand Poobah by a company known as Standard Broadcasting. Um, he was involved with the Flow Project and said, I'd like you to meet with a couple of people. And I said, okay, I've heard about this going on. And um, and he, he was proud of the work I did co-producing 
an adult top 40 or hot adult contemporary morning show. Um, and said, I think you're a good fit, do some production. I did some on air uh, a little bit. And, um, and one thing led to the other. And then I was lucky enough to get through the doors there, did an on air show there and was there for a good couple of years before I went off to Calgary and did a couple of years there on, um, on vibe 98.5 there, um, doing hip hop, uh, hip hop and R and B uh, and, and, uh, and doing that and doing that work as well. Um, I've been very, very fortunate. I could say very, very blessed that I haven't had many, many people block me because of my race. I think it's because I've worked with some very, very good people who saw me for my talent, saw me for my work ethic, and liked what I did as a broadcaster and who liked me as a person. Mm -hmm. um, sure, are there things out there in the industry that kind of make you lift your uh, lift your eyebrow and kind of make you go, hmm, yeah, sure. Well, I think you are one of the few in the country. I mean, I haven't done extensive research on it, but just off the top of my head, like you are one of the few announcers that like as a person of color like on like a and when I say that like a a true like commercial radio station I know mm -hmm. there's like ethnic stations and lower things like that but like people who who have quote unquote made it I w I will say that now there are there's a lot Half, more yeah. than there was when I started 20 years ago a lot more mm -hmm. there's some incredibly talented people of all races of all backgrounds who do some phenomenal work. Um, and going back to that tweet that that person put out there, the great thing is when it came back of that tweet, that, you know, when everybody who responded to that person was like, when that person came back with a response was, oh, wow, I genuinely didn't know. Essentially, we schooled them politely, yeah. saying, you know, your perception here is completely wrong. Uh, we, you know, we have a pretty diverse lineup. Um, and, you know, we're proud of who we are. We're proud of our backgrounds. We're, we're proud of the work we do. For me personally as well, I am a product of an interracial marriage. My father, God bless him, he uh, was from England. He's a white man. Uh, my mother's from Jamaica, black woman. But... A lot of people don't know, uh, unless they hear my last name around like the Toronto area or southwestern Ontario by the last name of Rickards. My father, who is the English gentleman, who was the white man, wrote for Caribbean newspapers and was a columnist. And he would talk about things going on in the Caribbean community and the black community because he lived in, the, in that community. He, you know, he would write about things like caravana uh in toronto he would write about things going on on the island of jamaica he befriended government officials from several of those countries because he was passionate about the work he did i got the broadcasting blood from him he uh worked uh for the cbc for many years mm -hmm. and uh cbc short uh shortwave uh radio canada international he did work uh in england uh you know as a freelancer for the bbc so 
I I get that the broadcast blood from him. But one thing he taught me, which always stood out, was, um, you know, don't let, you know, don't let your your color just define you because anybody can break down a wall, and it doesn't really it, it doesn't really matter. It, I mean, to for some people, hey, well, you know what? That's that's you. Your close mindedness. If that matters to you, then. That's your bubble. That's what you believe in. Then fine. Um, but for me, like I had a uh, a guy who I looked up to every single day, and I saw the work that he did, and read the work that he did, and listened to the work that he did, and he was respected as a man who told their stories mm-hmm. and talked about their achievement and plight, and. You know, you know, he was uh, seen by many as just a man who told their stories, and for a lot of people, it, it didn't matter that he was a white English gentleman with a with an accent. Tell you know, he was telling people te- telling people the stories of you know like wonderful things and things that weren't so wonderful. But mm-hmm. he was out there telling telling the people those stories and letting people know about what's going on. He did that until the day he died, mm-hmm. and uh, I, uh, I'm forever grateful. I'm grateful for my dad for many, many things, but that that's one of the things that really stood out to me. So part of me is I choke up a little bit talking <laughs> about my old man, but and I'm choking up too. Yeah, over here. like I love him and I miss him. And to the Tim Hortons we go. <laughs> um, Woo. Do you think there's you know? Because I think if you're on on Twitter and and we all know like. The internet doesn't speak for everybody all the time. It, it's always the the smallest groups are the loudest. But mm-hmm. there are, there are people on on the internet and who do believe that more should be done um, for business for industries in general, whether it's media, sports, a business, whatever it is. That more needs to be done to get um, more diversity into the workplace. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say there's things that that could be done? better uh, or do you do you think um at this time and not maybe when you started but that at this time that it's really more up to the individual and the character and the hard work that they're going to bring um mm. like do you think there's things that well, it, industry or business should change that is a really a fine question. line wow <laughs> um well just look at the company that we are in i mean there's a reason why every Six months we get, or every few months or whatever, we we get those online questionnaires mm-hmm. and those online surveys. I think most major companies are doing it now. And one big thing it's is di- topical. it's topical, absolutely. And, it, and one big thing is diversity. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal. Um, absolutely. Like people, no matter where they're from, no matter what their background, uh, you know, should be represented for a company and whatnot. You also want somebody who's qualified for the job. Yeah, that's that's a thing I teeter on. Mm-hmm. Um, is where like because I've always hired people just like s- truly based on the character and how well I think they're going to be at the job. I've absolutely I've hired people from all sorts of different backgrounds um, to do the work that I need to be done. Um, so I, I I teeter as a person who views it that way. I teeter on the 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 question of equality of outcome versus equal. Uh, op- opportunity and a quality of outcome mm-hmm. because 
on one hand, I, I do recognize that um, a lot of industries do need to have um, diversity in, sure. in the workplace sure. and, and that nobody should be basing their decision on someone's background, name, skin color, whatever, right. gender, uh, what have you. But at the same time, I don't think that just because you are different, um, you should necessarily be getting um, a job, right? You like, shouldn't be given the job because of your skin color or because of your background or your sexual preference or whatever. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, don't, I think a lot of people wouldn't want that anyway. Like, I, no, I could be wrong. No, but... no, no, no. Like, no, you you wouldn't want that at all. I At least I would hope not. Um, again, it's that really fine, it's that really fine line. Um, yes, you want somebody who's able to do the job and do the job well. Um, yes, there should be somebody. I mean, yeah, people from regardless of your skin color, regardless of your if you have a disability or not, it's I'd love for everybody to represent it. And it's true. Unfortunately, we're not there. <laughs> we're not there yet. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, but that honestly goes about goes right to the top of the corporation. Like, what's your company's beliefs? Mm -hmm. And they're saying what you believe in, and there's acting upon it. Yeah. And every every door you go through, every office is different. There are some people who will be like, "This person's qualified for the job," you know, but this person is of X background. But this would look really good on PR, but the other person's really qualified for it. Or this person is of has a has a physical disability, but they've got ten years and they can do the job really, really well. But we have this other person here who will look better for public image. Mm -hmm. It's tough, man. Yeah, I would hate to be in that position. Well, well, again, it goes it goes to the top of the company. You want look, they say good work, good work and good help is hard to find. If you look hard enough, you'll find it without question. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. I can't speak of that point from like a, a like a different background point of view, but I can speak to it from a mental health point of view because mm -hmm. it, it is true. You know, a company's going to say anything that makes them look good. Absolutely. Um, are people being judged on things that can be seen and that can't yeah, be seen? But what are, what are your actions? And I have I have had these conversations before. Sometimes where, those actions speak louder than words. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, it's great that you're saying all this, but everything leading up to this point is not has not demonstrated that to me, mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, you accept me for who I am and what I think and my my beliefs. You know what I mean? And Exactly. Like a company's never going to uh, well, I mean, some companies have said it, which you know you can see the fall of them, chip mm -hmm. a fill. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, for most part, a company's not just going to come out right out and just be like, "Well, ah, we don't like uh, we don't like hiring you know women. Yes, yeah. that's not our style. It's only men. It's mm -hmm. like, ooh, yeah, that's you know, you're going to watch the stocks fall pretty pretty far on that. Well, so uh, yeah, it's. Uh... Again, we're not there yet, but like I said, it goes back up to the it goes right up to the top. They're saying it to look good, and there's actually meaning it. I I do truly believe that while we will never have utopia, that in a lot of um, aspects as to human, I don't want to say human rights, but um, to the bring a more humane aspect, like the the human part of business mm. is going to um, 
really change in the next 20, 25 years as millennials um, and these people who really have these hardcore beliefs, not hardcore beliefs, but they passionate beliefs mm-hmm. get into charge and get into power and get mm-hmm. to be the, the CEOs. And because right now we're still living in another generation. Yeah, I hear you. They're still aren't growing the, up, but we we're growing up. Sure, with, right? but you also have part of some of those people in the millennial generation who are learning from some of those people of the yes. old guard and are believing some of those things of the old guard. Yeah, and uh, the battle's still going to be there no matter what. I think, it, uh, yeah, unfortunately, for all sorts of battles, there'll always be. Oh yeah, some sort of battle. Absolutely, yeah. and it, it, those those challenges and those battles are what really defines you and how well you can get through them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like that's and that's why it's like always based it off the person's character. Absolutely. Um you know, failure is the most to success, the greatest path to success. Absolutely. And you put the work in and you have the passion and you have the talent and it's all going to hope I mean, you have to believe it's going to come together at one point. You do. But also in the world of wonderful social media, um other people are watching and we yes. put their feel you know you put your feelings about there of something an opinion about something that might stir the pot and make people go mm, or something that had happened to you and you put it out there on social media because you'll 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 bash a person or bash a company because something happened i mean heck we have we're like let's go in the world of sports for for a second here we people are Going on Twitter and going on social media, doing a search, finding certain tweets or certain social media posts that might have happened years ago. And maybe their feelings at the time had changed since. Maybe not. But it's out there. Mm-hmm. And it's out there forever. We have professional athletes who are apologizing for things. Yeah, I've seen that. A couple of baseball players for racist tweets. It, absolutely. Even liking. Absol- even liking a absolutely. tweet. Absolutely. Yeah, like, and uh, that's the thing. If you're on Twitter, they're not looking at what you're retweeting. They see what you like. Yeah. If you have a potential employer now, one thing a lot of those potential employers do, they will scope your social media to see if you are actually the right fit yeah i've they never were, looked at oh, likes but oh yeah well sometimes those likes That's just crazy. come up I, that, on their i've own. seen that now i'm like oh my god uh-huh no, so you put one wrong like at the wrong place no more butt likes for me sorry <laughs> lock your phone <laughs> lock your phone no but but in general like 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 Oop. hmm this is interesting here's a red flag yeah what, yeah i mean again potential employers are searching social media, mm-hmm. and and uh, they'll uh, they'll know. It's super tough now that there's not a that line between your personal and your professional life anymore. Yeah, uh, I hear you. In some cases, I agree with it. In some cases, I don't. And it's, yeah, there, there's certain things. If you're, if you're putting things out on social media out there to the universe, it's public forum. Yeah, it's a public forum. Whether you lock your Facebook profile, whether you private your tweets. It's still out there, public. Someone can, if someone really wants to find it, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. find you. Burner accounts. <laughs> Burner accounts with no association. Uh, yeah, that didn't help for the former general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> now, did it? Not so that was much. crazy. Yeah. Um, speaking of social media, though, one of the big things that was, uh, at least last week, and I still, it's been dominating news for the past year, is the 
the Colin Kaepernick uh, saga. Mm-hmm. And I know we've touched on it a little bit, um, just talking together. Yeah. But like, I mean, how do you feel about that? Because I, I really try to see both sides of this argument because I, I have no, I know I don't have a, a fight, like I don't have a, what do you, like a horse in the race type thing. Mm. So I'm trying to see is like, because I, I totally see where Kaepernick's coming from. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a no brainer. The, the injustices and the, the cruelty and the, the unfairness and the discrimination that, you know, black communities are facing every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially throughout the States, but throughout the world. Yep. Oh, um, Canada has its problems too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Make no doubt. We are not a perfect We are society. not immune. Absolutely not. We are not. not immune. Um, but also, I mean, trying to, trying to see it from a, from the veterans point of view. Mm. So I'm like, like, I mean, I'm not offended, but I'm not a, a veteran. So like, mm. I mean, how do you kind of see that whole thing going out? Because I, I lean towards the sides of Kaepernick. I'm like, yeah. to be honest, I'm like, the injustices of the people far outweighs the love of the flag, in my opinion, because the love you. of the flag is not doing the justice to the people, which is what it's supposed to do. I hear you. Um, I 100% applaud what he's been doing to get the message out there. Um, the Nike ad that came out a couple weeks ago, yeah, he's he'll never get a he'll never get a job in the National Football League. Yeah, um, we know that, and you know he's even suing the National Football League for collusion um, right now. For for someone sacrificing what they love to do and got paid well to do so, um to get the message out there. I do applaud him for that. Absolutely. Um, the one thing I was not too thrilled about cap is when he decided not to vote. Um, because that's the way you could still have your say. Mm-hmm. Um, was it the, cause I missed the story. Was it the federal election? Like yeah. he didn't do the, the Trump vote. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, for me, for me personally, if you don't vote, if you're bitching and complaining about what's going on and you didn't have your say, um, well, I'm sorry, y- y- your opinion doesn't count to me. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, we're lucky we're living. We live in a country that we have the opportunity to have your voice be heard in an election. Um, you have the opportunity to go in Canada to an open parliament forum or something like that. You can be heard here. You can be. Um, so for me, for for him not voting, that kind of made me go, hmm, I'm, yeah. Otherwise, for getting the message out there where, um, you know, I, I give full props for Nike to help get the, you know, uh, getting involved. Hey, for Nike, it's a great, great PR move. It's They're having their best stocks. Yeah. Ever people are like questioning that, and you're like, yeah, well, uh, duh, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they only did it because someone else didn't do it first. Yeah, exactly. Well, when the, when the Nike CEO says, you know, there, are, you know, for like, I think there's one of the major U.S. universities who said they are dropping Nike from their football program because uh, mm. it's an insult to the flag, whatever the case may be. I saw be. Town uh, did a vote too in Rhode Island or something, or a small little state that a town like had a referendum and voted to ban 
ban Nike products in their town. Oh, good grief. I know. Well, when the <laughs> Nike CEO says, uh, you know, we don't need uh, uh, some of those ignorant people who uh, rock the uh, Make America Great Again caps, we're fine. Yeah. Well, I, I, the stocks show it. For a business point of view, I think, uh, you know, the there are a lot of people in this world, a lot of people. And, you know, I think there are way more good people than bad people. Oh, absolutely there but are. But unfortunately, because there's so many people in the world, there are a lot of bad people. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, to me, it's, uh, again, it's accessibility. Thank you, social media. Uh, it's become a gift and a curse on the world. Yes. Because there are some wonderful people you see and hear about, and there are some not so wonderful people you see mm-hmm. and hear about. Um, you know, so, but going back to the Kaepernick thing, I fully applaud him for what he has done. He's getting the message out there. Guess what? He's getting the attention, whether people like it or not. Um, I like that he don't, he's donating money to, absolutely. that's a big thing for me. If people are going to rise up and, and raise quote unquote awareness, mm-hmm. I'm like, good. Yeah. But awareness uh, as a quote is just really another form of doing nothing. It's like it was equated to uh, walking over, seeing a dead body in a ditch and just being like, look, <laughs> look. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you need to also walk the walk and, and back up what you're trying to do. It's and also, yes. It's I do also respect the him for doing that as it's well. It's the actions, him him doing the action and whatnot, whatnot too. You know, he's selling uh, shirts on this website, these I'm with Cap shirts, and the money does go to – to uh, charity to yeah. help the cause, which is, which is great as well. Um, you know, going back to your example of the look, 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 uh, you know, the pointing. I mean, now you know we're in an age where someone sees something bad going down on the street, like somebody getting into a fight, or somebody getting shot, or somebody getting stabbed, and as opposed to trying to help somebody, here they're on a cell phone yeah. watching it. Um. Yeah, accidents and stuff like people are mm-hmm. like not even calling nine one one. They're filming it so they can post it to social media. Yeah, or get or get it out on TV. Or hey, some you know. Who's uh, making it about like me, 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 me? Well, I'm gonna get famous. I'm gonna go viral for this. It's well, like no, that person needs your help. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. Uh, I hear it all the time. It's just it's a crazy world we're living in, and with social media, it's such a. An infant stage. Of like I said, gift and the curse. Gift and the curse. But it's so new. You know what I mean? It's yeah, still it's very been new. around for eleven years, yeah. uh, give or take. Mm-hmm. But it's this is new, and every day it seems to be coming more and more of our lives. And the internet's only been around since the yeah. mid to late nineteen nineties, and just a lot of us, me included, like just don't know how to handle all this mm. communication and information, and and like you said, like I could tweet something and like. That could literally impact my entire life, this one tweet. Whether it was a joke, I found it funny, I found it, you know, whatever. It could be harmless. I could, like, I always like make the joke, it's like, you could say good morning and people would shit on you. You know, if you were a big enough account. Like, if I did it, no one would. But Think before you If post. Trudeau said good morning, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> you know, does it make it worth it? Is it worth it anymore? Because for all these great things, you know... There's all this negativity too, and these sure negative. Like I don't even know if it's worth it anymore. It, it, it the fact of the matter is, it, it it also depends on how you go about your daily life. Are you going to let something negative, like totally ruin your day? You try your best not to. You don't like something you see? Scroll on by. Mute people the tweet. Find it hard Lock though. The, sure, I get that. I get that. And sure, not every day is easy, but. You do your. You do control your own destiny. 
you do control how you deal with adversity. And as long as you, if you can find yourself a good place where you're centered and whatnot, and, and I mean, in a lot of ways it goes back to your mental health and you're a big mental health advocate. If you can find yourself a nice center and, and be, be in that good place, even on your worst days, if you can just somehow get that, get a couple of steps forward, just trying not to find something that can drag you down, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. I've, I fully believe that. Um, yeah. And unfortunately I really think it, it's going to be up to, the individual on how to find that now. Um, it absolutely is the individual. I mean, you have your support system, you have your your family, and you you know you have your friends, whatever. But things are just changing so rapidly that our our traditional institutions just just they're not keeping up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you have that controversy with uh, you know the sex ed um, and everything with with, with the Ontario, Ontario government. Yeah, uh, I read an article today that says um, some. Parents and I, I, I can't remember where it was from, but some parents are trying to ban uh, public speaking um, in schools now because we've gotten to this point now. Yeah, because because it right. causes anxiety. And someone with mental health, I get <sighs> it, it causes anxiety. But sometimes you really need to find a way to work through something. Yeah, and I don't think that's the the hill we we need to be like. You know what? We need to eliminate this because it's too stressful on people. It's like. We are. We cannot create a society where we're not capable of dealing with stress mm -hmm. or or getting through adversity. You you will not die from public speaking. You cannot live in a bubble. You know. You know the yeah. story of the bubble boy. It doesn't exist. You cannot do yeah. that. Like you need to find coping e skills. Everybody. Everybody has to fall. Everybody has to rebound. Everybody has to fail. It makes you better because you learn how to 100%. deal with that and 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 move on from it and learn and grow and you're like okay I failed this time but how can I not fail the next time Yeah exactly like and it's not even like millennials are entitled or anything I'm just watching this and I'm like we are seriously taking away all adversity from people growing up mm -hmm. which some people I can see coming from a normal thing like you want kids to have a, a happy life but it, like as soon as you get 18 and you're tossed out into the real world Yeah man, then what there You're are on people your own. who are going to eat you alive. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You need to be prepared. Exactly. Look, children are going to face adversity no matter what. My son, he's four years old, and he's on the autism spectrum. And I shudder, and I sometimes get scared and sometimes cry thinking about what is he going to deal with. But every time I see him, man, every time uh, I see his face and laugh and whatnot, you know, you know, he falls over and it's like, oh, all right, he's up. He's okay. He'll be all right. Mm -hmm. I cannot protect him his entire life. There's going to be things that he's going to have to learn. There's certain things he is going to have to overcome. Um, It's... It's just a fact of life. Mm -hmm. And of course, his family will be there to help him through it, through those bumps in the road, because that's what good people and that's what families do. But you're taking away things like public speaking, and then next thing you know, 
they're going to try and take it. Someone's going to uh, trying to attempt to take away physical education because their kid can't climb a rope. I wouldn't be shocked if that has or has, yeah. has already happened or yeah. is going to. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, the, you know, these are the things that make your kid better. Guess what? There's certain things your kid's going to fail at. Certain things we as adults fail at. All the time. Absolutely. I, I fail at something at least once a day. <laughs> Whether it's it's talking to a girl, it's it's something at my job. But you grow from it. You learn from it. Yep. You grow from it. And sure, you wear your heart on your sleeve and sometimes you'll eat at you. I'm like, sure, you'll have a bad day for it. Do your best yeah. to do your best to throw it off and try again the next day. Yeah. I really feel like a feel of failure slash rejection or, you know, becoming like the greatest human uh, <laughs> like walls, right? That like sure. and people are, are just not as willing to push through anymore in all sorts of aspects of your life. It's yeah. not just one thing, but like, they're like, I don't want to feel like shit. I don't want to, I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, so they're just like, I'm just not going to do it. And you need, so to- you're letting fear win. Yeah. You need people to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need people to push those barriers down or like goes right back to some of the earliest stuff we were talking about. Like yeah. it helps you grow and evolve as a person. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think think about it when you're ha- when you have your grandkids and your great grandkids are like, oh, when I was a boy, blah, well, we did, you know. But I learned from it, and you will too. Yeah, I I take those deathbed uh, confession things like truly to heart. When people are like, these are the th- I'm dying now, and these are the things I didn't do that I regret. Mm-hmm. I I do look at that, and mm-hmm. I'm like, because that's coming from a, an honest place. Sure. Where it's like, of course, it I didn't do this, and I really regret it, mm-hmm. and that's why. Um, I was once told like some people talk a lot, but uh, and but some people are, are quote unquote doers. And Ryan, you're a doer. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like uh, yeah, like that was like one of the best compliments I ever got. Look what you're doing. <laughs> you're doing a podcast, aren't you? What's that mean? Like uh, the podcast is just it's fun, man. We just sit and talk, and but it's like something I talked about for a long time. I'm just like, man, I'm just gonna go do it. I'm just going to go sit in front of a microphone and record and just see if people want to get on. If it gets really big and goes great, I'm going to be like, yes, awesome. Absolutely. Um, But it's something you still enjoy. Yeah. I would love to monetize this and make a living from it. Will it happen? (laughs) Sure. I don't know. Yeah. But I think whether it's this or it's getting a job in radio and and talking, like, you just, you need to want to do something and then just, like, do it and, like, work everything you can to do it. If you can find something that you are passionate about and it doesn't matter what it is and you can turn that into a career you will never work a day in your life and as some people would find that hokey or just very cliche it's 100% true I've been doing this for 20 freaking years yapping playing tunes talking to music artists and I get paid for this shit (laughs) like (laughs) Like, man, how the hell have I survived doing this for so long? You know, part of the reason is I don't want a real grown-up job. Yeah. I don't. But I've been very lucky that I've made a, a wonderful career out of this. I've met some wonderful people uh, industry-wise and personal through being a broadcaster. And uh, sure, everyone's going to have their bad days and whatnot. And there are some days you're just like, oh, really? But... I still love getting up to come to work every single day. And uh, I'm lucky I have the chance to have that. Mm. And if you're in a position where 
you're thinking about something that you're passionate about and say, do I really want to go down this road? Can I do anything by going down this road? Yeah, you can. You can find it. You can. There is a way that you can be happy and survive and thrive by doing something that you're passionate about. Will it take you a little while to get there? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you had it all in you the entire time. But the saying is 100% true. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. Ah, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, I feel like we could talk forever, but I know you got... Uh, I actually got a show in 15 yeah, minutes! You, you got your job to do. I got to do work! Um, quickly, uh, where can people follow you on social media? Where can they listen to you? When can they... Okay, radio-wise, Jump 106.9 in Ottawa. Uh, Sunday to Thursday night, 7 p.m. to midnight, Eastern Time. Uh, jumpradio.ca online or the Radio Player Canada app. <laughs> uh, 104.5 Fresh Radio in Cornwall, uh, Ontario. Monday to Friday, 7 to midnight, Eastern Time. Uh, 104.5 freshradio.ca. Or the radio player. Those Canada. are great plugs. Thank you. I are tried. You on the radio. <laughs> Social media and Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at Mr. D Radio, MRD Radio. Um, I love uh, interacting with uh, followers, friends, new friends, old friends. Uh, yeah, you can find me there. And, uh, and usually. Chances are pretty good in Ottawa. You'll find me around TD Place. Uh, in right. Toronto, you'll find me around Rogers Center. Um, yeah, so uh, those are the places you can find me. So, uh, hey, don't be shy. Come by, say hello. I'd love, yeah. to, love to shoot the shit. Do this again sometime. I'd enjoy I'd this. I'd love to. I could, like, go way deeper. Have to cut it short. You know what we have to do? You know what? If you'll have me, we'll do this on another night uh, down the line in the pod. Get a few more people in here because I don't yeah. want I don't want people bored by my voice all the time. Um, we'll do it on a night where you and I don't have to worry about being on the clock for anything. <laughs> um, so, in other words, we'll do like a, I don't know, a, a Friday or a Saturday night or a Sunday. Well, Sunday night's the one. We'll figure it out at one point. We'll, we'll, it out. we'll bring in it. We'll, yes, I'm bringing is, beer into yeah. the office. Slam the 2-4 down. That is son. not unfamiliar from radio. Uh, exactly. Anyways, thanks for coming on, man. Pleasure. Mr. D, Damien Records, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Bye, everybody. Take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.